Hello once again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. I'm back. Travis here. Of course, Alex over there in lovely Albuquerque, as they pronounce it. Man, I missed the show. I missed talking to you. Yeah, man. We missed you. Uh, I hung out with Michelle for a little bit. That was cool. She did a good job. Um, but yeah, where'd you where'd you go? What'd you do? Well, I, I took a little a quote-unquote break. And I thought I was like, man, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to watch a bunch of scary movies. I'm going to sit on the couch and just eat edibles and watch Reno 911. I'm going to pet my cat <laughs> a lot. Uh, but I ended up just catching up a lot of my other projects. Uh, yeah. Putting a little more work into The Nest Friend, catching up Tales of the Lesser Medium. So uh, I didn't really relax, but, you know, a break sometimes is good. So um, I'm back. I'm re So that's interesting. That's interesting, though. So your your go to edibles show is Reno nine one one. Would you say that's like your <laughs> your number one show? I, it seems like everybody has like uh, a a show that they can only watch when they're high. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think it's just a show I'm kind of watching right now. Um, oh, okay. But I I do favor any you know uh, whatever that you know footage comedy whatever you whatever genre Reno nine one one is. That is my go-to chill-out mode because I don't have to get too interested. It's very segmented. It doesn't even carry over one between commercials. You know, it goes to commercial, it comes back. It's a completely different show, so I don't really have to be too invested. Um, it's good. It's a good time. There's also there's another show that does paranormal that's like that. I think it's called like uh, Wellington something. It's out of New Zealand. Wellington Paranormal. Check that out. That's never heard of it. Yeah, that's like a Reno nine one one for. Uh, well, if you like, you know, a New Zealand accent and uh, zombies. <laughs> That's different for everybody, though. Mine is, is uh, and Pearl's is Portlandia. Mm. That show is so freaking stupid. Like, it's just they come up with the dumbest possible ideas. And then they really lean into these dumb jokes and uh, go all the way with them. It's it's. It's such a stupid show, but I love it, and <laughs> I just sit there laughing like butthead the whole time. <laughs> it's I, I love Portlandia. That's a good time. But well, well, glad you're back, though. Yeah. And uh, so is uh, so is YouTube. Uh, glad to see you with all the basketball games. You, you did videos on all the basketball games. I, I came out hard. I did all the five on five games, and man, what an awful time that was. There's one good game out of the lot. The rest of them are between average and bad. And so, like, uh, why on earth would they even try five on five on NES? That's just, man, I don't just know. a bad idea. Even the one that does it well, the you know the Tecmo NBA basketball. That's the one that yeah. is is really good. It's still it, a lot of flicker. There's too much, too many moving parts for the old NES. There's a lot of flicker, and the the ball beha- behaves like a Nerf ball. It feels like you're playing Nerf basketball. <laughs> and st- the physics there are are kind of are kind of wonky. But um, I did I did like that one as a kid. We we always made uh, anytime I slept over at my friend's house, uh, the kid with the NES yeah. <laughs> down the road with me. Hey, I'm staying over tonight. Uh, what do you think of that? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we would rent that though. We would and we would also rent Arch Rivals. That was our other yeah. go to. That game cracked us up and made us laugh, especially all the little cutscenes between whistles. You got like the coach like angry and pointing, shows the fans, you know, looking funny. Yeah. I really enjoyed that game. It's got a lot of personality, yeah. Those uh those two on t- two on two basketball games for the NES are, are a little better because the they didn't have to, you know, yeah. render ten dudes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're mostly not great. But and it was a fun it was a fun video to put together. It was one that I knew I was like, this is gonna take a lot of work. Fewer people are gonna watch it because it's sports. Even fewer people are gonna watch it because it's gonna be twenty minutes. But I don't care. 
I still want to do it. So it's fun. Now, see, what ends up happening, or at least what happened with me, is uh, it? No, it's not going to get views right away. But as it seeps into the website <laughs> and it starts showing up on more and more searches, uh, more people will be, you know, you'll, you'll get more and more views slowly accumulating mm. more than you might see for other videos on your channel. Interesting. Um, that definitely happened with me when I, I the first sports one I did was uh, every American football game. Um, and I was like, hey, that was fun. I like doing that. And then six months later, it, it's still getting like a bunch of views. And just because it's it's got that many more titles to to show up on a search makes sense. Um, and plus, it's it's you know there's a certain novelty to like, hey, the NES football, NES basketball games, NES baseball games. Like, what did I miss out on? Like, because I loved sports games when I was a kid. A lot of people loved sports games. It turns out because, and uh, yeah, there were some really bad ones for NES, but uh, there were some there were some solid ones too. So I yeah. think I think that's going to pay dividends for you down the road. We'll see. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, it doesn't take long to learn. That if it doesn't have Tecmo in front of it, and it's you know for a sports yeah. game, whether it be wrestling or basketball or you know the, the very true couple football games, you're you're asking for a lot. So <laughs> yeah, but you did something I can't pronounce. Oh well, I w- that's what I'm working on now. The video isn't oh. done yet, but oh. it's a uh, Torneko no Daiboken Fushiji no Dungeon, and that translates to Torneko's Big Adventure uh, Mystery Dungeon. And I, I knew dungeon, believe it or not. I knew dungeon. <laughs> it's the first mystery dungeon game, which is uh, a series that's still going on today, um, uh, and has something to do with Pokemon now for some reason. But um, yeah, this this game stars the merchant from Dragon Dragon Warrior Four, uh, Torneko. I think he's named Taloon in the american version he's like just this big fat guy with the big mustache and kind of looks like uh i forget which who's who but asterix and obelix or however you pronounce that those those european cartoon guys i was thinking Uh, like coach mangino you remember the big guy the big coach (laughs) of course the picture of him next to the syracuse orange (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely legendary but yeah yeah he does kind of look like that um and yeah, it's this is one of the very first. Uh, well, it's the first mystery dungeon game, and what those are are uh, roguelike games. So randomly generated maps. You start with nothing. It's almost like a survival adventure type deal because uh, you gotta scrape by until you find items that can help you. If you die, you start over with nothing. It's like an all or nothing type game. It's it's it's. It definitely has its fans, but it is brutally hard. The, the, it's it's so unforgiving because you could be, you know, into the eighth dungeon or whatever, um, and then just take a wrong step and fall down uh, a pit or something, and yep, yeah, game over. Oh, it's... Took, took too much damage. Yeah, it's brutally unforgiving, but it it is fun. It is novel for the time. It does have a good English translation. Oh, good. Um. So it is, uh, yeah, everything's translated uh, thanks to, who was it? I think it was Dynamic Designs did that one. So yeah, and they always do good work. So it's, uh, if you like games like that, uh, what was the other roguelike on Super Nintendo? I think it's called uh, Sheeran the Wanderer or something like that. That's that's another one that's uh, a very, very similar game where uh, the map is actually overlaid transparently on the screen on like the entire screen 
So you can toggle it on and off. Oh, but, that's um, cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Was a, that seems like a little ahead of its time. I know, like, you know, PS1, Definitely. you kind of get that a little bit. But yeah, okay, wow. That's, that's, that's the exact right way to put it, I think. Yeah, it was ahead of its time for sure. The, the dungeons aren't exactly complex. Mm. <laughs> we're, we're not dealing with, you know, crazy stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's pretty straightforward. But it is extremely difficult and brutal. The combat is also very odd it's still kind of, it's it's like top down action speaker to mana style but it still has like almost like a turn based quality to it because you can only like okay when you throw a punch now then you have to sit there for like a second and a half before you you can move again and you mm. you you can dodge you can punch yeah it's a little clunky but once you i don't know there's there's a certain logic to it that works that's and cool. uh, you get used to it after a while, but but yeah, I, it's an, it's something different. Well, I'm looking forward to that video. Then that sounds pretty cool. Right on. All right. So first email here we got is uh, from David. He says, "Okay, this time you can read my email because you know last time he said that we couldn't, and then we did anyway." But he says, "Hey, drunk friends, thanks for reading my email several episodes ago. No problem, David." He says, first, which games on the Super Nintendo do you both want to see get a fan translation? For me, it would be Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Zeta Gundam Away to the New Type, and Tokimeki Memorial. I hope I pronounced at least some of those right. Alex, how'd I do? I think it's Tokimeki ah, Memorial. That was close. Um, but yeah, this this guy is clearly a Super Robot Wars fanboy um, based <laughs> on those titles. But uh, my pick would be sh- a game called Shonen Ninja Sasuke or Shonen Ninja Sasuke. Uh, this it's it's a beat 'em up. If I had to uh, compare it to other games, it would be a, almost like a cross between River City Ransom and Legend of the Mystical Ninja, oh. where. Um, you go into stores and buy stuff and upgrade stuff. It's not too in depth, but there is a lot of stuff you got to figure out to so you go in the right direction. Kind of like uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja, okay. Where uh, you know it's like you have to go to the what is it at the beginning of the game? You go to the boat, the the docks or something like that in order to get to the carnival. I forget, but um, it's this game's sort of the same deal, uh, the same structure. Uh, what I really like about it is that it's a beat 'em up, and most of the time with beat 'em ups from that era, you get these like big sprites and these big tough dudes like Cody and Hagar from Final Fight, or right? Who, whoever from Streets of Rage, and Shonen Ninja Sasuke, it's it's this tiny little guy, and he's just like bouncing around the screen like a Super Ball, and it's super <laughs> cool. Um, the gameplay is really really good. Um, I just don't know what I'm doing or, or what I'm supposed to do in that game, but I would love to see that one get a translation. I don't think that game is really on anybody's radar either. It's not like a game that's hugely in demand, and it's it's not a big RPG. It's not a SquareSoft game, so I wouldn't expect to see one anytime soon. But mm. it would be nice to have one, that's for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to defer to you on this because I don't I don't know many Super Nintendo games, especially ones that aren't in my language. So. That's oh, as we find out it, throughout this podcast, you are uh, NES through and through. Yeah, yeah, especially things that released uh, in North America that I can own. Um, he continues <laughs> uh, with the second part of the question uh, with the N64. He says, since the N64 has a small library, the only game I would want to see get a fan translation would be, and as you predicted, Super Robot Wars or Tyson 64. Tyson 64? So uh, you were right there. Well... I need someone to sell me on that series because I don't really get it. I, you know, I, I, is it just fan service? Is it just because I guess the appeal is that it's all these different franchises come together. 
for for one big uh, RP like tactical strategy RPG style game. At least what that's what they are most of the time. Going back to the series Origins uh, and the Super Famicom stuff I've played, but it's just not very interesting to me. Like there's better tactical games. There's better characters and stuff like that. Uh, I'm just someone needs to sell me on that series because I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. What am I missing? Well, that'll be an sorry, email. David. That'll be an email, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> he says, anyways, keep up the great work, David S. And again, thank you, David, for the email. I wish I would. You know, one of these days, I'm going to run out of of NES games that released in North America that are in English, and I'm going to want to dig into that translation ROM hack world a little bit more. And um, until then, yeah, I'm going to be very well. Ignorant. Have you played? Have you played Sweet Home or no. any of the more popular games that have kind of developed a cult following? I think that'd probably be a good place to start. Yeah, one of these days. That's that's on the short list when I when I get there. Um, for right sure. On. Yeah, that and Mother. 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 <laughs> Coming up next, our guest Kelsey Polnick. This guy beat 669 NES games. That's every licensed NES game. It took him 10 years, but he finally did it. I've been so excited to talk to this guy because he just wrapped up this project a little less than two weeks ago, and I've been so excited to ask him all of the superlative questions. What's good? What's bad? What was cutest? What was ugliest? What was mean to you? We get a lot of good answers, too. Kelsey's a great guest, so please stick around for Kelsey Polnick. Did you know that during her various tomb raids, Laura Croft often contracts the services of a perverted Sherpa named Greg? Did you know that Gordon Freeman actually does talk? And once you hear his voice, you'll realize why the Half-Life game developers refuse to write any lines for him. Video games aren't always great at telling compelling stories. That's where the podcast Tales of the Lesser Medium comes in. Each season, me and my co-host Travis, we drive you through gaming's most absurd narratives, picking up every rejected character and hitting every plot hole along the way. Search Tales of the Lesser Medium on your podcast app of choice and get ready to laugh at your favorite video games with me, Travis, Greg the Pervert, Annoying Gordon Freeman, Barry, the Resident Evil Gun Dumper, and so many more wacky characters. Tales of the Lesser Medium. It's funny. All right, we're here with Kelsey Polnick. Kelsey, thanks so much for taking the time. Now that you actually have time, because for the last, what is it, 10 years now, you've been trying to beat every single licensed NES game. Thanks for coming on, man. We're really excited. We have a ton of questions. Probably, like you said, I got lots of time now, so I'm excited to do stuff like this. <laughs> not only do we have a ton of questions but i put up a post on the patreon saying like hey this guy just finished all six billion nes games uh do you have any questions for him and i we we got like flooded with all sorts of listener questions um that are very curious about uh, your journey through the nes library so you're gonna get bombarded with questions in other words Perfect. I, I don't get a lot of chances to go like really into the weeds on this. Like all my, all my friends locally, I can kind of talk casually about it, but I'm, I'm <laughs> really excited to get into some, some other stuff. No, this is your chance, man. Yeah. I can relate to that because once I start getting into like into the weeds with Super Nintendo games with, with uh, local friends here, if I start talking about like, you know, Big Sky Trooper or something <laughs> yeah. like that, they're like, what the hell is that? Why don't you just stick to Donkey Kong Country or something <laughs> like that? So, yeah. So, yeah, it's always fun to talk about the the more obscure stuff 100%. for sure. So, with this goal, we, we, we're going to get to a lot of questions like toughest, need a lot of superlatives, but 
why did you wake up and decide this was something you should do? Huh. Um, so I, my original goal before playing was to collect them all. And while I was doing that, when I was getting pretty close to the end of my licensed collection, uh, I was like, I got to start playing some of these that like I've only played the once everybody's played. And so I first set a goal to try and beat a hundred games over a hundred day period. And that's actually pretty easy to do when you're familiar with a bunch because like, you know, you can knock out Mario one, two, three in a day and Mega Man one, two, three in a day. And I, you know, we've played a lot of Castlevania and Ninja Gaiden and all those. So I, I was able to do that under the hundred days that I'd set wow. for myself. So when I got to the last, like, like I got over 80 games, I was like, okay, let's play some weird stuff I've never heard of before. And some of them were pretty interesting and cool. So I just kept making little goals like that. Um, and then by the time I'd done about half the library, I had also collected the whole license set. So I was like, okay, let's just keep going, see how far we can take this. Oh, okay. So that's that actually sounds a little better to me than you just waking up and saying, I'm going to do them all. Because that's intimidating. That's like soul crushing. So yeah, that's so you, daunting you, you at as least hell. chipped away. Where it's like, yeah. No, I, I set like smaller goals were, were really fun. Like uh, like after I did the 100, uh, I was like, okay, let's. what are the hardest games? So I was like trying to Google lists of like top 10 hardest NES games. And I learned immediately that those lists are all garbage. Every single one. <laughs> Because I yeah. finished the whole list in like a week. Yeah, I saw the your, your uh, one of your tweets uh, here recently. I guess now you're trying to co- you know sort of compile this and, and make some list of your own because now you can speak with a little bit of authority because you've played them all through to the end. So I mean, it makes sense to to um, you know from your point of view to be able to do that more so than like somebody like me who's kind of a poser. I just play a little bit and kind of get my thoughts. But I mean, you actually have the uh, all of the data there. You've seen the whole thing. So. With that in mind, starting like, you know, with as you're playing through these and you're, you know, you I, I don't know how you chose which game came up next or if you had a strategy, but like, were there any games in particular along the way, as Alex put here in the notes, that made you question your faith in this goal? Um, I, I think I got really lucky with how I I picked things and I, and I didn't have like a, a list. It was just like this you know, this month I'm going to play games based on movies and this month I'm going to play oh. strategy games and I just pick a theme kind of thing. So, uh, thankfully that hardest games list, uh, was garbage because if I would have hit like some of the really hard ones early on, I probably would have said, okay, I, you know, this is as far as I can go. And I, I would have given up, I think, but because I hit a lot of them later, I was like, you know, I'm 500 games in, I can't give up now. Like I've got to, bust my way through these games that i'm that i'm stuck on that's crazy so why the nes what why that in particular is it just because it's what you grew up with what you're familiar with uh definitely a little bit of that uh like we had an atari prior to that but the nes was kind of the first one that uh felt like mine at home um but no i i love all sorts of games and i'm i'm a big fan of video game history and just learning about it uh so the more i played the more interesting I found some of the games I'd never heard of and I'd look into them. Like, like I never heard anybody talk about Mule on the NES. And I'm playing it. I'm oh. like, this game is super interesting. Like, so I started looking into it. I'm like, oh, it's like a huge game on the Commodore that people used to love. And, and uh, like, just learning where all these little offshoots go and, like, how many games are from computer ports, how many are arcade games, how many are actually, like, just NES exclusives, which there aren't as many as you think. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just neat learning about where 
all those games kind of fit into the history of gaming in, in a whole too yeah there's a surprising number of not so great pc ports that uh you know you you'd normally see on like uh European computers or even mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the Amiga and Atari ST and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, the NES is a big cash cow. Let's let's port it there. Does it work? Not really. But <laughs> uh, we made our money. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about those uh, as we go on here. Yeah, I think it's interesting that your quest to beat these games kind of mirrors my quest for covering them as Nest friend. Like, I am specifically interested in, like, how they fit, where they came from, where, you know, uh, why do they exist, and uh, and sort of the ins and outs of them, uh, where I'm not really, I, I don't consider myself skilled enough to pull off a lot of these, or at least patient enough, like you clearly are. Uh, it, I do find that as sort of a driving force, just sort of that historical need to, uh, or historical quest to kind of get at, you know, what, what this library is, is made of, because... You know, the NES was a pioneer in a lot of ways. I mean, there were consoles mm. before it, but it really opened things up and uh, made things like movie ports and that kind of thing. You know, while they missed uh, the point of the films a lot of the time, it was it was still pretty close uh, compared to to anything else out there. So, anyway, what are you talking about? You don't you don't actually collect clocks in Back to the Future? Like they don't <laughs> they don't do that in the movie? <laughs> Oh, that damn game. Well, that Ugh. that's a good segue. So we've talked a little bit about it. I think people listening to this are immediately the first thing is like, I wonder what the hardest ones were. So <laughs> what are some of the ones that, you know, we, we, know the, we know the list of things that people say are hard. We've all seen the angry video game nerd. We know which ones he doesn't like. But to you, what were some of the tough ones? Uh, before I answer that, I just want to say something about those old angry video game nerd videos. Because I think they all influenced those original lists uh where uh, like they were a comedy video like specifically silver surfer he, he does this video telling you how hard it is and how crazy this game is mm-hmm. and there was no talk about silver surfer being hard prior to that video and then after that mm-hmm. video it's on everybody's top 10 list and it keeps getting repeated so it kind of feels true because you've heard it so many times right mm. to the point where when angry video game nerd did his own hardest games list in like 2019 he put that on there because I think he'd just seen it, and I don't know if he realized he caused that to, like, show up so often. <laughs> it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. 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 I really mean, he's weird. just there to entertain, right? Like, it's a grain yes. of salt thing. He's coming up with skits and stuff, but you gotta, yeah. you know, you can't take all of it to heart. No, it's a character, and it's exaggerated for a comedic effect. And Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the actual hard games, um, I don't know if most people consider Miracle Piano a game, so I'll, I'll skim over that one really quick. But it is, it's just a big time commitment, and you have to literally learn to play piano. So if you've got piano skill, I think you might be able to breeze through that one. I Did you have so. the accessory for it to, to pull it all off? I have a friend in the States. I was like working out a deal with. He was going to mail it to me, let me play, and I'd ship it back to him. And then a local friend actually bought it like the week before we had that other friend ship it. So wow. he, he lent it to me for four months so that I could uh, take as much time as I needed to get through that one. Holy cow. That's commitment. Dang. And I did try to play Mega Man 3 on the piano, but you can't actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a video right there. That's a like, speed what run, other right? games can you play on piano? Yeah, yeah. you see dudes using the Donkey Kong bongos for whatever console that was. I think it was GameCube yeah. or something like that. They're using that to, to play friggin' Dark Souls and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, let's let's try that with the Miracle Piano. I have that in mind, but but it's it doesn't function like a controller, so you can't actually uh, do that. Yeah. Bomber. That's yeah. no fun. All right, what, what are some others? 
Um, so one that people probably do know about Zakari Warriors. That one I would say it lives up to its reputation. It oh, is okay. brutal uh, because just my rule was you you can use whatever materials came with the game. So if the manual gives you like a code, like uh, Adventure Island is a good example where they tell you how to get infinite continues in the manual. So I considered that fair game to use in the game. Sure. Whereas the ABBA continue code in Akari Warriors is not in the manual. So oh, okay. I had to, to do the game with just the three lives they initially give you, which is savage because that game, like, you know how in Gradius, when you die, it feels like hard to recover from that death to get all your power ups back? Right. Yeah. Akari Warriors is like a hundredfold that effect. Like, as soon as you lose your power ups, it, it's yeah. almost always game over. It's really hard to recover from that. You might as well just start over from the beginning. Depending where you die, yes. Um, yeah. I played that game so many times. I, I think it took me like two, two and a half months of like playing it like daily. It, it was part of my daily routine. Uh, you start to learn because most of the power ups are hidden in that game. You have to like shoot specific spots to make them appear. Uh, so if you die in the right spot, you're like, oh, I'm really close to like a, you know, uh, one of those hearts that like gives me all my power ups back. So those kind of spots you can recover from if you can limp your way over to the heart. But yeah, if you die really far from that, it's it's pretty hard to carry on with your run. Dang. And just real quick, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask a couple of things here. Number one is, do you think you could go back now and play that game and, and have any success with it? Or do you think you've lost everything that you remembered? I lost most of it. I could probably get through the first stage with too, with not too much trouble. But after that, it would I'd have to relearn all the patterns and remember where all the items are again. It, it would be a long journey again. That's pretty interesting. Uh, some musicians are like that, where they write a song, they get all the parts down. Like a guy like Beck, for example, like he, he writes all the different parts and makes the arrangements and stuff like that. He records the song, and if he knows he's not going to play it live, he forgets basically how to play it, <laughs> how to play his own song. Right, he doesn't have to play it again necessarily, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it just in it's just like it exists in his brain for that particular period of time, and then it's just gone. So that's, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, right, very so, similar. So Akari Warriors, that's that's a tough out. Three lives, you pulled yeah. it off, took you months. That's insane. Um, Championship Pool is a game no one talks about because no one wants to play it. <laughs> um, but that that was one of the hardest ones uh, because in the later stages of the tournament, um, the the CPU is so good that if, if you make a mistake, they just clear the table, which Jeez. in some games, you know, that's fine. You just you don't make mistakes. But in that game, uh, they show you this like ghost ball that like kind of predicts where your shots are going to go up to like two bounces, I think it was. And it's just like a it's like one possible scenario out of many that it shows you so i like i this game gave me a lot of trouble i, I messed around with it quite a bit so i watched a hundred balls go in one time before i made my shot thinking like there's no way this is going to miss it can't have more than a hundred scenarios and then i shoot and the ball goes drastically totally different direction than i meant for it to go <laughs> jesus so there's, yeah there's just this element of randomness to every shot you take the whole game you might miss no matter like through nothing you did wrong so not That's only do you awful. have to have a game where you play perfect you also have to have luck on your side because if you make a mistake the last two guys will just clear the table and you lose that's insane Jeez. What were they thinking? Why, why would they <laughs> think that's fun to play? That's so dumb. That's, that's a classic AVGN line right there. What were they thinking? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I, I'm assuming they were probably just thinking most people are going to play this with their friend, not solo. So. Oh. Oh, through yeah, that, yeah. I suppose. Well, that that actually brings me to a question, and we'll get to more hard games because I know that's really interesting, at least for me, and I'm sure a lot of the audience. But uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, playing with another friend. There are a few games on the NES that are kind of meant for two players, right? Like, yeah. they're kind of, you know, they're almost pointless to play without. So, how did you navigate those? Did you have a buddy that you played with? And, you know, there's high score games as well that don't really have necessarily an ending like how did you manage those sure so for like like lots of sports games uh have like they're just meant to be played with your buddy so mm-hmm. like ice hockey is one or wayne gretzky hockey uh so those ones like there's really no modes in them so it was just like beat the cpu was was my goal for those pretty right. easy in those cases um for stuff with high scores um, I would usually try and loop the game. So if like Donkey Kong, people know that one's a really easy one to loop because there's only the like what four stages in the NES version. I think four, yeah. Yeah. So you beat those four. The game really has nothing extra to offer you. So I was you know, satisfied with that. But then some games like High Speed, uh, which have a ridiculous high score set into them, took like days and days and days of like practicing and trying to figure out how to score in this game to. Uh, to get over it so it kind of balanced out where it made some games really simple and some games just incredibly crazy uh but yeah try and make it so like uh like joust is a good example because the, the game doesn't really change much but they do introduce new colored enemies up to like i think it was wave 16 or 18 something like that so i at least at least had to play and beat the wave where they introduced the like last new type of characters and did you use a resource to find these things out, or was it just you played them and you're like, well, it looks like it's looped and looped already, so I'm done? Or did you like, is there some Bible for beating certain games that you kind of referenced? Or yeah, that's a good question because when I started, there was not a lot of information on some of these. Uh, there was a guy on GameFAQs named Adam L. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. I haven't. So back in the like really early collecting days, like uh, when the forums were like digital press and Atari age. Um, he was a, a collector there and he originally made up all these, uh, rarity lists for the NES. They were like the first ones we had online. It was like, uh, Tengen Tetris is an A plus rarity at the time. So it wasn't hundred percent accurate, but it was the best source we had at the time. And he also had a mission to play through all these games via an emulator. So if you go on GameFAQs for like any weird obscure NES game, he's probably got a guide for it on there. Where he's like, you know, uh, the last Starfighter has 15 stages before it loops. Because he knew that because he'd used an emulator to get that far. And oh, okay. You know, 999 stages if you want to get through uh, Gauntlet 2. But, you know, they start looping around stage 120. Oh, thank so, God, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first source. But it was really inaccurate. And uh, there were quite a bit of mistakes. Uh, so Nintendo Age... It was a forum I used to be a big part of before it unceremoniously uh, was shut down. And they have a community thread where it's like, can every can can the community on Nintendo Age beat every single Nintendo game in one calendar year? And then they'd have someone tracking it. So we started coming up with criteria as a community there. Um, so some games, like, we're still, like, moving things around. Like, this this year we were having a conversation on what the ending for Black Bass should be. Because we've got two different opposing ideas that we're kind of like seeing where the community falls on. 
Interesting, uh, yeah. Yeah. I still use that, by the way. I still use that resource. I think they copied everything over to Pastebin, and of course they have the new website, so uh, yeah. it's still a useful tool. But I uh, I reference that quite a bit because you know I like to I like to wrap up a few games myself. I'm no I'm no Kelsey Polnick, but I <laughs> I do reference that a lot to be like, all right, I can check this one off the list because it looks like it's uh, it's looped or whatever. So it, yeah, I was, it's I was a bookmarked site on my phone. Yeah. yeah, I look it up a lot still. Like uh, I'm right now, I'm doing a lot of research and writing a lot about hard NES games. So I keep uh, going back to that to make sure I'm getting my facts right too, and yeah, right and, on. Uh, talking with some of those guys. All right. So after Championship Pool, <laughs> what's the next one? Oh, um, Cubert. That's a really tough one, uh, and it actually has an ending, which most people think assume it doesn't because the arcade version doesn't. Oh. But the NES game ends at level nine four, so you've got to get to nine four, and kind of after stage five or six. Um, it gets really, really tough because when you jump on the squares, um, you can set, you can reset them all the way back to their original color, which means you got a lot of work to go. And when those little Sams come down, the green dudes that that jump all over the place and just wreak havoc mm-hmm. on your board, uh, if you miss one, like if you do not catch him at the top and he goes down, like he can cost you five or six lives trying to run down and like fix all the mistakes that he's caused. Right on. Yeah. So the, that one's really tough because uh, the later stages. There's, there's just a lot of enemies on screen. There's like five or six of them on that little board. Uh, they move really fast. They're very aggressive towards you. Uh, you can... The, the enemies always drop in the same patterns. So you can kind of get used to like, you know, I, I know on this on stage 8-3, Sam's going to be the fourth and the ninth thing to drop. So I got to be near the top to catch him when he comes down. But you also don't know... There's always like a 50-50 chance of which section he's going, the right or the left. And then if you miss him that time, he's also going to jump right or left every time. So sometimes even when you know he's there, you can just get some bad bad RNG and he'll jump the way that's harder to get to him. Right. Yeah, so that one I spent weeks on too, just yeah, memorizing patterns and, and waiting for that run where I could catch all the sounds uh, when I needed to. Do, did you take notes for these games or are you just going off the top of your head right now based on what you remember? I'm Yeah, I'm just going off the top of my head right now. Damn. See, I'm a I'm a notorious note taker. I would never be able to remember that sort of stuff in that k- kind of detail. Well, some some of these for like the hard games, I've been like knee deep like researching and writing about them for the last few days. So there there's I've refreshed myself on the hard stuff. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what people want to know. But I've been saying that for years because it's uh the easiest way to make content uh to feed the content beast uh on the internet is to talk about how hard something is how hard a video game is because then you get people in the comments or wherever on twitter (laughs) they're like that game's not hard that game's not hard i don't know what you're talking about so it uh, it becomes like a uh uh how does linda belcher say it in bob's burgers uh a a peeing race yeah yeah it does unnecessarily for sure yeah so i i'm a little worried of that so i don't want this list to be like my list the one that i'm writing so i'm collaborating with as many people that i trust their opinions on as possible and thankfully the the nintendo age forums i was talking about and when they switched over to video games age uh the guy that's been running that thread has been keeping data for like every year's completions which is just amazing yeah. So he's forwarded me ten years of like completion data for NES games too, so I can see which games wow. the whole community's like played last, uh, how many different people have beaten each game, um, like if it even got beaten that year because there were a few years where they didn't do the challenge, they didn't complete the challenge totally. 
so there's a lot of good stuff there. I've been using that to kind of arrange my list. And then like I talked uh, really briefly to the Mexican runner who's also played yeah. through every oh, yeah. NES game. And so I've got his hardest games list and like comparing it to mine, they're mostly the same, but there was like three or four games on both our lists that like mine weren't hard at all for him. And he's got three that I didn't think were hard at all. Wouldn't have put on my list. So I'm trying to do like a top 50 so I can be pretty inclusive and, and definitive and use all these different sources to kind of make it not just my opinion, but like a community opinion, but a community of, of experts. If that makes yeah. sense. I love that. I think well, that's what, that's awesome. People that have actually done it. Yeah. 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 Um, what about, so that's just for difficulty. Do you have plans for any other, like if you were to give us like your top five, or your top seven, like if you had to be a, as objective as possible, what the best games are, um, you know, for each genre or for or just in general. Uh, yes, for each genre, I I hundred percent want to dig into and do something very similar with. Mm. Uh, for for the whole system, I have a lot harder time because it's just so hard to compare one genre against another. Sometimes, um, like as much as I love shoot 'em ups, I know everybody doesn't. So you know, if I throw Gunnack <laughs> in the top five, like does that make sense to most people? Probably not. They probably I, want. You know, I kind of think it does. Yeah, I think Gunnack's great. Gunnack's I think awesome. it belongs there. It's a really impressive <laughs> NES game. I would not object to seeing it in, in some ways. I know that was you know, just if, an example, but yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree yeah, with that one. For sure. So yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. So yeah, look, looking forward to all of your lists, uh, honestly, because I, I like the way that you're going about it, too. I think that that makes a lot of sense, and it, it will be sort of a definitive, you know, at least of our generation, people that have gone back and, and played through a lot of these I'm hoping so when when I'm done with it yeah I'm gonna gonna show it to a few people that I trust and, and see what they think about my order and see if anything needs to be adjusted if anything doesn't make sense and have them like proofread it to make sure it's all factual I'm, I'm really worried I'll say something stupid so I like <laughs> whenever I'm writing about something I have to like research every sentence I put in there to make sure it's accurate <laughs> Well, don't don't let uh, don't let perfect get in the way of good, you know, because th- there's never go- there's not going to be anything that anyone puts out on the internet that isn't met with some scrutiny by some jackass. So 100%. there's always that. Well, even then, like I look back at some of my old stuff and what I said about games, and it's like, well, that was dumb. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that. So you're commenting uh, on all your yeah. old stuff being a jackass. You're like, Alex, you idiot. Opinion stuff. Yeah, I'm exactly. okay with with people criticizing, but if I make a factual mistake, I get really <laughs> frustrated with myself. There you go. So, well, I- Actually, yeah. you're going to want to correct that. That goes through my mind every time I write something, yeah. <laughs> it's always in Alex's voice, too, yeah. Should we get to some listener questions here? Like, just, like, kind of rat-a-tat-tat? Like, because we've got a bunch of them. We can. They're all, we're all, they're all pretty uh, pretty interesting. They are. Yeah, I, I wanted to, to lob one more out here. Uh, for some of those games that are hard, like the you know, Silver Surfer or whatever. At this point, you know, you're so skilled with games. Do you have any concept of what a casual or lay person is capable of? Like, could you say, like, well, that game, you know, has a bad reputation, but, like, most anyone could go back and, and if they put in the time, they could they could tackle a game like that? Or, like, w- what's your anchor for, like, what people can actually do? Because you're clearly very skilled. Yeah, so two things to that. I, I don't think I'm as skilled as you think I am. I think the only skill that I, I really bring to the table is patience. Like I will keep trying something over and over and over again if I have mm-hmm. to. Um, I used to own a game store too. Like that, that 10 years uh, there's, is kind of misleading because oh. I've about five years in the middle. I, I opened and ran my own store before I sold it. 
So I was able to bounce these ideas off off regular people, and I'd, I'd plug in games at the store all the time, and like get people to come and sit down with them all the time, and like see if I'm crazy, test some theories on them. So I I feel like I had a a little bit of a cheat in the middle there, where I was able to like uh, you know see if if I was correct about some things with with the general public. Right on. Okay. Very cool. That's as good of a way to do it as ever. Like within an actual game store. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty uh, real info you're getting there. So that's cool. And it, and it was always really funny because everybody brags up like, you know, I'm so good at Contra. I'm so good at Castlevania. And then when you actually put it on, they're like, well, I haven't played in a long time. It's okay. I'm not, <laughs> not that good. <laughs> Uh, people think their memories are just that first stage of every game that they played as a kid, and they thought yeah. they beat the whole game, right? And then they get to the snow level of Contra, <laughs> oh. and it's like, oh, shit gets real. And, and like you said about, like, when you're talking about if I could still beat Akari Warriors, like, a lot of these games, I play through them the one time, and I get just good enough to barely beat them. I yeah. don't know them inside and out, so if I go back to that game a month later, it kind of feels almost like I'm playing it again for the first time. Interesting, yeah. I think it's a testament mm. to just, like, how how much memory is involved in a lot of those games that are considered tough is just remembering yes. like every every ouch point and uh, for long enough long as long as you need and then you move on yeah i think i think the one skill that does transfer to a lot of games not every game but a lot is uh, kind of understanding how enemies uh, respond and react hmm. so a lot of games like you you can just kind of feel like okay there's going to be another guy coming out here i'm not done with this wave or you're like i know if i just jump over this guy i don't have to deal with them that kind of stuff Right, right. All right. Uh, I guess we'll jump into these listener questions. Uh, we can take turns here. I'll start with the first one. This is from Darinoceros, I think. I need Rhinoceros. <laughs> oh, well, if I had to guess. I mean, okay. Let's. It's spelled a little different than a rhinoceros, <laughs> and and but now I see it. So, uh, thank you. Which maybe I should let you go first. Which NES title uses the hardware to the best of its ability? So I'm not. A tech guy, so I'm going to answer this really incorrectly. But <laughs> one of the ones that I think impressed me and kind of stood out when I was partway through was Kickmaster. Um, mm. I just thought the backgrounds were beautiful and the cutscenes were like really high quality and, and uh, music was like top notch. Like everything about that game seemed like really high quality for the system. I'm, yeah, I'm, 1992 yeah. and it was a uh, Taito. Yeah. So um, it's it definitely fits uh, the the criteria in terms of uh uh polished well-known developer and uh time frame yeah. for sure yeah, it's fun as too. far as yeah. like how many you know sprites are on screen and what was actually pushing the hardware mm. like I, i'd have to guess so that, that's my best guess there cool not a whole lot of flicker or slowdown not that i remember now it kind of has a cool. purposeful flicker like when you when you uh, hit an enemy it kind of bursts into these three flickering uh, mm. pickups you can get and the only reason I recall this is because when I made a video for for Kickmaster my Elgato didn't I guess I didn't have the like frame set right the frame uh, frame rate set right so it didn't pick up the flicker so it doesn't show in my oh. video the power ups it missed them like it didn't capture it at the rate that they're flickering on screen so I just thought that was interesting but it's purposeful flicker yes. it's not like the game is struggling it's, it's just part of the game but anyway that's yeah, yeah it's it's not it's not a bug it's right. a feature yeah kind of <laughs> I guess it kind of screwed up my footage but that's okay I put in a disclaimer yeah the next question comes from Burger Champ and uh, he's got an interesting one here uh, <laughs> what NES character deserves their own cereal and what would it be called and what would the flavor be Oh, Classic Burger Chain. That that's an easy one. Uh, Mega Man should have his own cereal. 
Mm. Yeah, why doesn't he? Every single game that comes out, they can change it up. Like, when 2 comes out, you've got, like, a Lucky Charm-style thing with all the marshmallows being the boss characters or their weapons or something. Super and then when 3 really comes nice. out, they've you know, you got a whole new cereal. You, you could call the cereal Blue Bombers or something uh, like that. I was that, thinking, or... like, E-Tanks or Power Pellets or something like that. Yeah, E-Tanks. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Man. You were right on that question. I was thinking. I was giving that one a lot of thought, and I was like, "Hmm, I don't know." But that's a that's a that's a really good answer. Nothing fills my tank faster than e tanks. <laughs> there you go. You got a commercial <laughs> got and a everything. Commercial yeah. writes itself. There you go. Who would be a celebrity uh, endorser <laughs> for that? You know, like you know how like Wheaties gets like athletes. <laughs> yeah, Maybe yeah. Uh, Me- Mega Man could get like fi- you know like, famous video game dudes or something on there. Yeah, like Howard yeah, yeah. cover. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking Howard Phillips too. Yeah, <laughs> Howard Do Phillips, maybe the, in, the, in the promos, the dude on the Gyrez cover, you know, the <laughs> yeah. bullet guy with the he's mustache. Back. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's back. Yeah, he, the, love love that guy. Uh, okay, this next question comes from Justin. He asks, "What NES game best deserves a sequel or remake that has not been done or really talked about?" So this one's tough because most of the games that you want to have a sequel actually did get one. Um, the, I'm going to kind of cheat here because there was two games I love on the NES that did have sequels but they only came out in Japan we didn't get them over here oh okay fair mm-hmm. so I, I would have loved to get Wrecking Crew uh, the sequel that was on the Super Famicom and Destiny of an Emperor too uh, on the Famicom I would love those two to oh, come over yeah Destiny of an Emperor is I think it's the only time Capcom kind of made a game like that at that time it's like yeah. the only nes game that's like that and it's pretty dang good so yeah i hear it's you really on that one. um but if those if he considers those cheating here's here's my answer that <laughs> i think fits criteria uh they should have made super totally rad on the super nintendo <laughs> <laughs> that game's not that bad it's I, it's pretty fun <laughs> i grew up with that one so i i've got a soft spot for it but i, I really yeah. like it yeah, and and of course it's got all the stupid Bill and Ted style lingo. Yeah, with like, uh, what's up, man? It's gnarly. And those yeah. giant boss sprites are wicked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would I would almost cheat and take your uh, your previous answer of Kickmaster. I, I think that that would have been a fun sure. Yeah, I would I would play another Kickmaster for sure. Heck yeah. Yeah, I I would say Metal Storm would be my pick. Yeah, that's another more. good one. Okay, there, there's more that didn't get a sequel than I originally thought. Yeah, you guys. Are those. <laughs> um, okay, the next question comes from Nostalgia Factor. Um, so he asks, "Is Mega Man Four the most underrated NES Mega Man game? And if it's not, which is?" So uh, Mega Man is one of my favorite series. Uh, I would say six is the most underrated. And mm. four would be a close second. Um, and I'm probably a little skewed just because one of my buddies is a big Mega Man 4 guy. So I hear him talk about it a lot. So that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sick of hearing about it. But yeah, six, it's got, you know, the rush adopters. You've got the branching paths. Um, it's got some really unique uh, character designs with bosses. Uh, they didn't just go Is that like, the one where Russia is a suit? Yes. That you wear? Yeah. You can yeah, have the okay. big, like, bruiser suit with the punches, or you can have the jet suit and fly around. Right. I remember that yeah. one. Now. It's hard to keep those. For, for some reason, four, five, and six blend together to me. But huh. I've, okay. I've played all of those numerous times. Like, I, I have no problem, like, ranking them. Like, three is always my favorite. And then I'd probably go, like, four, six, five, two, one. There you go. Wow! Remember when we had Brazil on here, and he was—we got the two Meg. We had—we should have a Mega Man like Jeopardy. Invite the two experts <laughs> on and have them square off, and 
Anyway, that's just me getting excited about nothing. Nostalgia Factor has a second part to his uh, question, or a second question altogether. He He says, looks and name aside, are there any differences between Mike Tyson and Mr. Dream in terms of the fight itself? No, the to my knowledge, the fight is identical. I think the yeah, besides the sprites and like the different ending screen, um, I don't believe there's anything different about that battle. Right, and it mm. goes without saying, you beat you beat both games. I did, yeah. I only put footage up for Tyson on my channel because mm-hmm. like like they're the same game, so I didn't bother right. doing the second one. But I but I have run through the regular punch out as well. Right on. And then we've got one from longtime listener Robert Auguste de Meyer. Uh, any chance you'll play through all the Master System games so you can say which system was better? <laughs> uh, so actually, I might. Oh um, wow! Well, I've really? got I've got most of the North American Master System games that came out, um, and I don't think I mentioned I'm I'm from Canada too. We got a few more games up here for the Master System than you guys did. Oh, so I include those oh, okay. in my list. So it's a lot more prevalent there. Yeah, because I think it's because we had uh, Quebec, so any of the French-speaking games uh, we got localized oh. here that would have come out in France. That makes um, sense. So like Asterix and Obelix are huge in Europe, and so we kind of had a little bit of that in Eastern Canada. Uh, but I, I've already got a full Turbo Graphics uh, collection too for North America. So I was thinking it would be really cool at some point if I was able to go through NES, Master System, and Turbo Graphics and just kind of like do the whole 8-bit era. Like that would be <laughs> a cool thing to have done. That is cool. I'm all for it. I know that doesn't matter to you, but I'm for it. I think you should but do it. <laughs> your opinion matters. Ah, <laughs> uh, cuz that that means you get to be on the podcast at least two more times. So, oh, okay, I've got to bump it up my to-do <laughs> list now. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, here you go. Back to the NES. Megabyte one oh or Megabyte Zero One asks, "What are some NES games that you think are underrated? What What are some that you think are overrated?" Okay, I could spend a long time on this question. Uh, underrated. There's a lot, um, and, and I know most people won't agree with me, but I, I have a real soft spot for sports compilation kind of games. Oh. So I think like World Games, Caveman Games, Snoopy Silly Sports Spectacular, like that kind of stuff. I really, really like those games for some reason. Yeah. They're, they're, they have variety. They're kind of fun. They all have a sense of humor too, I think. Yeah, they typically do. Like World Games looks really serious, but then if you like, you know, hold the weights over your head for too long, you smash to the ground and get all grumpy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fun little yeah. animation. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, um, I kind of got into st- some strategy games while playing through the NES that I, I didn't think I would like. Uh, so, like, Overlord is one of my favorite, like, mm. hidden gems that I don't hear anyone talk about. Uh, Wall Street Kid was actually really, really cool. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, oh, sorry, it, go ahead. I, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because I had a question further up, but we we wanted to make sure we got through the listener questions. But things like those Koei games, you know, they're mm-hmm. Koei or Koei, however people want to say it. But, you know, they're very menu heavy. They're they're To me, they're a little intimidating because it's not my style of game. And when I go back now, I don't feel like I could really, you know, I, I don't think I could do it justice in terms of opinion because it has a lot working against it because it is archaic. But I know they're fun. I know people enjoy them and I understand why. Was that a hurdle for you or did you already have a taste for those games? No, I definitely didn't have a taste for them. And I kind of joked around when people had asked me about this in the past was like, I, I usually spend like four or five hours with some of them before they made sense to me. And then it was like restart the game. And then yeah. with all that knowledge I'd gained and, and I can have a much better start. Uh, but it kind of felt like when I hit that four or five hour point where it made sense, 
it was almost like Stockholm syndrome had like sunk in. It's like <laughs> I've spent enough time here. I'm having fun, right? Yeah, I'm having yeah. fun. So, uh, like, you just kind of get into the groove of it, and you'd be 20 hours into Le Emperor or Bandit Kings of Ancient China, and you you could kind of see that you were gonna win, even though it was like another 20 hours off, and it was just fun to like go through the motions to get there some for some reason yeah i think a resource that is heavily needed and maybe it's out there but i really want to like learn those games a little bit and i've tried and i've looked at like i feel like a lot of the facts that i look at are people that are already familiar with either that style of game they speak co-wise language or they just understand economics better than i do (laughs) i i need a step below i need like i need you to start me from the beginning and be like this is first of all this is what we're trying to do because I don't even know. So, I don't know. If you have that I, I knowledge, think please. The only one that, that's kind of approachable, and I would consider this a hidden gem, too, is Gemfire. Hmm. Um, that one... Gemfire for, Gemfire for Super Nintendo is surprisingly Yeah, and I think it's too. the same thing. I think it's a port. I don't think there's much difference between the two. Interesting. Yeah, uh, okay. But it's a good starter one. And then the first romance game is a little less complex than everything else. But then after that, they all kind of have a really steep learning curve and you're right like looking at resources online they're they're all experts in the game and they don't know how to to help new players into it very well <laughs> right and, and i think a lot of it too is i i don't know if you can the way they're set up like you really have to like you can read the manuals and you can understand in your head what you know strengthening your military is going to do how important these stats are what the movements are but until, because there's like dozens of these these kinds of uh, systems, until you kind of see them interact together, you don't understand which ones are actually important and which ones you can ignore and mm-hmm. which ones are good for, like, if you, if you need food, like, you can figure out how to set up this one state to, like, provide food to the rest of them. Like, it's, it's things that the manual and people would have a hard time explaining until you kind of see how they work in action. Right, right. Well, to the second part of that question, uh, games that you think are overrated. So this is your chance to uh, uh, piss people off. Oh, yeah. So what are? <laughs> right. I've, I've got like I don't know, like ten or so here. I could I could annoy people. <laughs> uh, so I'll do them in order of what I think will probably be least annoying to most annoying. Oh, good. That's a good okay, way to so do. I think Rygar is pretty overrated. Okay, I yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Gradius and Life Force, I think, are pretty overrated. Ooh. What? Ooh. <laughs> I I put, probably wouldn't put them in my top five shoot 'em ups on the system, either of them. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um, Ice Climbers, I think, is pretty overrated. God, I hate that game. I hate it so much. Yeah. The, I the, hate the jump in oh, that movement. It's stupid. really bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Guardian Legend, I think, is pretty overrated. Really? What? Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I think that's in my top. Uh, that was in my top thirteen list when we it, did it. It was, Trav. and and there's an, at least one more that's in both your top thirteen lists <laughs> that's going to annoy you. I think he's saying but overrated. He's not saying terrible. He's just saying overrated. That's right. I, I think the other compile games are far better. I don't really care for the top down parts of that game, um, and the shoot 'em up mm. parts aren't as good as Zanuck or Gunnax. So all right, all right. Gotcha. Strong. Uh, River City Ransom, I think, oh, is pretty overrated. Wow, that's it's not. Cool even close to my favorite beat-em-up on the system man what is your even favorite? with all the rpg stuff in there that doesn't I, do anything for you i actually hate that i, I recently played <laughs> uh scott pilgrim with my kids and it's basically river city ransom 2 kind of idea yeah. uh and same thing like i just hated grinding money and like trying to go into shops so, like it just breaks up the flow of the game and i, I just rather have a straight old beat-em-up you like if you want to do yeah, if you want to do RPG mechanics, like do something like Guardian Heroes, like that that works really well for me. 
All right. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you got some you got some good uh, you know reasoning uh, behind it. You're not just being mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and like you said, I don't think it's a bad game. Sure. It's just yeah. not my favorite. Yeah. What is your go-to uh, uh, beat-em-up on the NES? Uh, I think now it's probably Mighty Final Fight would be really high. Uh, the I was tr- just going to ask you about that yeah, one because I think game. that one's really good. Uh, the Turtles games, I think, are really good. Those hold up yeah. as well as people think they do. Uh, I'm a Double Dragon 2 fan, even though it's it's pretty hard and there's some bad controls. I grew up with that one, so I kind of give it a pass. Right. Yeah, I got two more here for overrated. So I think Metroid is very overrated. I think it I, needs a map. Yeah, I think we agree it needs. Some, e- even it needs some. beyond the map, like just all the areas look identical. Like yeah, so yeah. bland being in that world. But it's got all the like pieces that the other games needed to go from there so like i'm glad it exists and it's it's really cool to play historically to see where the roots are in that kind of game but yeah it's not fun to play these days all right and here's the one that i think might annoy both of you <laughs> i think the legend of zelda is oh. maybe the most overrated game on the whole system oh, oh i can't breathe i can't breathe <laughs> oh hang in there trap oh okay oh I, I don't have fun with that game, and I never did, even as a kid. And, like, I've, I replayed it once as an adult, and then I replayed it again uh, over the, about a year ago for this project. And all three times, I, I hold to the same opinion. It's just not a fun game for me. Ah, well. Trav almost went into nerd voice, like, if, if the nerd character got, uh, <laughs> like, a heart attack or something, he was like, ah! Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that's one I grew up with, and it's one of the first games I remember beating, and uh, I, I, I think I'm just married to it in that way. I don't think I could ever hear anything that will ever change my mind. It's just how it works sometimes, but... Uh, that's very fair. I have those, those kind of games in my life, too. <laughs> but, no, that I mean, that's a rare take. You, you, most people laud that game, so that's interesting. Well... Yeah, it is one of my least favorite Zeldas. I actually prefer 2, Zelda 2, to that one now that I've played them both really? kind of close together. Yeah, now, 2 yeah. is one I think is, is underrated. I think that that's one that people give are way too hard on. That game is great. Yeah, I'd agree with yep. that. Agreed. All right. Uh, next up here, we got a couple questions from Paul. Paul says, I'm curious if the music from any NES game gave him trouble with YouTube copyright. So I know we know you, you upload, maybe we haven't mentioned it enough, but you upload your beats to your YouTube channel and... and I, I don't think you so much care about copyright strike on that channel, but have you gotten any pushback for any of your uploads? No, I don't monetize any of them, though, so maybe that's why. Perhaps. But I, I've, I've never had a, a copyright take on any of them. Gotcha. The thing is, though, is that th- whoever owns the music or, or or whatever the case may be can actually go in there and be like, hey, I want to monetize this. Oh, they- That's if it gets enough <laughs> views and stuff, because wow. that's happened to me. I, most of my games don't get a lot of views because uh, they're not, you know, let's plays or like there's no commentary. Like they're really boring to watch. I just upload <laughs> them for like proof of concept, so someone can't call me a liar. Like you know, you didn't beat all the NES sure. games. I'm like, no, they're right here. Uh, the ones that get the most views actually really surprise me. They're like, well, baseball games like Bases Loaded uh, has <laughs> really? one of my top ones. Silent Service is one of my top ones. Um, Godzilla uh, is one of my top ones. Like it's it's really weird. Yeah, well, and and I use your videos uh, sometimes too. I, I the reason I know about what you do is because, and, and I think we have some connection through like Cartridge Club or or through um, RF Generation or something like that. But I RF Generation, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, I I saw that you were uploading these things, and I was like, there's some games that I just can't get to the end of. There's no cheat code. 
and I need to see what you know, and I'm and for the channel. I want to see what's the end of the game. So treasure, what's it? What's the name of that game? Treasure, treasure Master. Treasure Master. I, there's no way because it was for a contest. Like they they pretty much. Mm. You know, made it difficult as hell to get to the end of the game. There's no codes or ways to cheat through it. Uh, at least, you know, with that, with just there is a yes. code, but it actually makes the game longer and harder because yeah. it gives you another level. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, hey, dude, uh, can I like borrow some of your footage just to show like the end of the game? Because I'm only getting to like the third stage. And so um, that was back when your channel was known as Crab Master, uh, but yeah. now you've, you've rebranded it. And so I I use your channel a lot just to see like how to get past parts. And stuff like, because I sometimes you look oh, at speedruns and you're like, you're that's I can't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I look at your stuff and I'm like, oh, you just oh, you just jump over this. You're just I was not doing that or something like that. So so yeah, I reference I, your channel a lot for that kind of thing. Thanks. I want to give a quick shout out to that walking sprite in Treasure Master because that guy's got some serious like attitude with his walk. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh yeah, yeah, he does. He he knew where the treasure was. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, well, he's a master of treasures. <laughs> Man, that game's a that game's a bastard. Now, this next question's from Alex. It's not me. Some other guy named Alex. Uh, what was your average playtime, and were the games generally as short as arcade games around the same period? Or did you run into... I'll, I'll add my own parenthetical here. Like, Or did you run into a lot of... Uh, difficulty manufactured difficulty basically like cheap crap to make the game longer in other words sure so i don't know what my average play time would be but it would be a lot higher than i'd want to know i think <laughs> uh, there's very few games where i was able to sit down and like beat them on my first attempt almost everything outside of i'd say maybe 50 games uh, i was able to sit down and do that with uh so even games that are short like content wise like something like uh, elevator action like to to loop that game there's only four stages it's like 15 to 20 minutes tops if you were able to do that like on your first attempt i spent like a week trying to figure out how to get past <laughs> the last stage in that because stage four is Dang. just a nightmare in that game so even some of the games that are really short uh like like i'm sure anyone can appreciate like it takes longer than 30 minutes to beat ninja gaiden but there's only about 30 minutes of content in that game right right so, so even games that are yeah short, they they take me a long time to get through occasionally. Yeah, and, and then that's not even including the vast amount of RPGs that are on there, and strategy games and things that would really drive that average playtime like way up. Yeah, I was just thinking about uh, Dragon's Lair because I I've been messing with oh, that one lately, yeah. and that's a that's game that a great I, example. It takes like twelve minutes to get to the end if you know what you're doing, but man, I mean, and I use. Um, you know, I try to like, you know, chop my way through them with like save states and stuff, which mm-hmm. is necessary for me to to even practice some of those parts. But like, for thinking sure. about that game in particular, that's just unforgivably brutal every step of the way. Like, how long did it take you to master that twelve minutes? Yeah, so I think my run is like nine and a half minutes or something. Wow! And it took me like a week, like like a job, like eight hours a day for a week, like to <laughs> get Damn. good enough to beat that game without. Any kind of safe states or cheats, yeah. Yeah, just just learning where to go on that damn elevator, right? Oh, all right. No, it was mostly on Singe, the final boss. Like, I didn't have a, as much trouble with the rest of the game. Mm. It was that fight, because there's, like, a, a leg to your character uh, that, like, he shoots fire up or down, so you have to dodge it, but you don't actually have enough reaction time to dodge it, so you kind of needed a lucky, like, you we went down when you didn't know he was going to go down, and he just shot up. Right, right. And yeah. you got to have the axe, I feel like. 
you yeah, get that helps. The, the daggers, yeah. Anyway, we're getting in the weeds. I mean, we're about to get more in the weeds here because Matt is asking an in the weeds question. He says, what was a game that had a lot of promise but was stymied or ruined by something that was, wasn't was obvious until well into the playthrough? Something that wasn't obvious that I was enjoying until then was Uncharted Waters, another Koei game. Yep. Um, so I was just having a great time, like setting up trade routes and like buying and selling stuff. Because a lot of games on the NES are very action intense. So when you get those moments where you can just sit back, and, like f- float a ship around, like it's like okay, I'm enjoying this for a while. <laughs> but then there's this like there's like hidden aspects to that game where they they don't tell you like if you get too far away from the coast, uh, you're gonna get wrecked by a storm unless you have a talisman and unless the weather is X and like. That kind of stuff that you had to start doing later in the game because I had to kind of go beyond the trade routes I'd set up. Uh, it started getting really frustrating, and my ships would just like constantly die, or I'd just spend twenty minutes fighting a current to get to one city that I wanted to get to. And Jeez. yeah, Dang. it stopped being fun during the last half, but I actually really, really enjoyed how relaxing it was in the first half. Yeah, the Super Nintendo um, Uncharted Waters games are both really good. The second one, especially New Horizons, New Horizons, yeah, pretty damn awesome. Um, as, as much crap as 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 much as we make fun of Koei, it's it's those, it does have some good stuff. Yeah, here and there, we have uh, another question here, Captain Thack Zero. Uh, <laughs> the '80s gave birth to some of the best franchises all, of all time. With the licensed crap that ended up being made, what franchise should have had an NES game, and what kind of game would you want it to be? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, so I've kind of grown to really like Big Trouble in Little China this year. <laughs> I, oh, I, th- I think that could have awesome made a movie. really wild game. There like, you go. Just, yeah. just bonkers. You could have crazy driving sequences. You could have beat-em-up parts. Like... I think you kind of play with a few different genres, kind of like a Bayou Billy kind of thing, but yeah. hopefully a little little easier. <laughs> Does Kurt Russell have a, an, a game on NES? Was there a, Ooh, an Escape from New York? No. Escape no, from no, L.A.? No. Captain Ron? <laughs> that, okay, Captain Ron used to actually be my dad's nickname uh, after that movie came out because he looked <laughs> just like him, and my cousins would all call him Captain Ron for a few years. <laughs> He had the hair and everything. Oh yeah, everything. Like it I was mean, uncanny. It looked like you you could like break off chunks of his hair and use it for firewood or something. He, like, he had a perm in the eighties. Like he he was he went through all those phases. Man, yeah, <laughs> cool dad, nice. Uh, yeah, and good answer by the way. I, I think we've Alex and I have been asked that question a number of times, and I think we give like our stock answer. I think mine is like never ending story would have been fun. Yeah, Alex shoots from the hip with his, but uh, man, Big Trouble in Little China is a solid answer. Good job. Yeah, that's that's a super fun movie. All right, and Seth, Seth, getting real specific here. He's the next uh, next question we have. He says, "What was the three hundred and fifty first best game?" It's obviously, Silent Service. <laughs> you put that one kind of in the middle. <laughs> no question about it. It's like the most mediocre game you could think of that would be smack dab in the middle. <laughs> you know what's fucking Silent random? Service. You know the video that I'm working on right now? Silent fucking service. How random. Yeah. Man. That game is actually pretty wild. Like how interesting the control schemes are because each part of the sub has like a totally different control scheme you have to learn. So it's it's got a big learning curve. But once you figure out how to, each of them works, uh, it's actually pretty sweet. It's a Sid Meier game. It's the same dude that did Civilization. Yeah, so. I didn't realize that. Yeah it's, yeah, it's one of the thicker manuals, too. They really wanted you to like be able to navigate your own submarine once you got out of the game. They were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're now, you've that, qualified. There's a handful of games that you cannot play without the manual. That is absolutely one of them. <laughs> yes, yes, 100%. 
All right. Well, that does it for all the listener questions. And I think we're tapped out too. Um, but is there anything you want to add about this experience? Like, would you, would you recommend anyone take this on? Um, I would recommend they take it on the way that you're taking it on. Like, just, you know, play with safe states, play with cheat codes, like experience the games. Like you, you can get the idea of them. You don't need to do it the way I did it. <laughs> um, I like, I've listened to a bunch of your videos. Uh, other people like cannot be tamed mm-hmm. and, uh, Jeremy Parrish from Retronauts. Like none of these videos are playing through the games the way I am. But when I watch them and listen to the information, it's just as good as the information I got from playing them the same way. So <laughs> I, I feel like I kind of wasted some time on some of these. <laughs> uh, like you, I even, I remember you sent me a, a, a script for a video you were doing and asked for input. And I, I had to like research. It. I'm like, that's wrong. And I look it up, I'm like, no, that's right. I didn't know that. And I played through the whole game and didn't realize <laughs> that. Uh, that's probably because I cheated and looked at a fact myself, but, um, but you know, I mean, that, that, that goes to the importance of just, you know, just trying to get the facts, right. Cause uh, you know, good yes. consulting the experts and making sure people know, but uh, yeah. If you, yeah, if you ever watch something and it doesn't sound right, like just look it up or try it yourself and, and see. So like when you see a top hardest games list, like try those games, see if they're actually the hardest. Because I, I guarantee you, they're probably not. Exactly. Yeah. Cha- no one's putting championship pool in their list, and they should for sure. <laughs> but yeah, man. Well, I think this is something you should definitely be proud of. I don't think it was a waste of your time. I mean, I, it seemed like it was a lot of time, and you know, you're, you're not going on, uh, you know, the the Today Show to talk about it. Sure, but. It's still- I'm, I'm going to edit this clip out and send it to Captain Ron we were just talking about, and, and then he can be proud of me. Captain Ron <laughs> needs to be proud of you, but man, I, I think it's really cool. I mean, as an NES fan myself, and as someone who enjoys you know, beating the games in their collection, I get uh, the inspiration. I would never take it on myself, but uh, I think it's really, really awesome. And I look forward to your list, and if you do take on one of these other libraries... Maybe I can follow along a little better because I came into this one like late. <laughs> I think you had like 50 games left when I discovered you. And I was like, whoa, this guy's doing what? So good luck to, to whatever you, you do going forward. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. Best of luck with everything. And where can people find you on YouTube? Is it just your name? Yeah. Kelsey Polnick on YouTube. This has got my videos. Uh, I've got most of them uploaded. I think I've got like 20 left I need to go. But I, I'm having some serious internet issues lately. So it might be a month mm. or two before I get those up. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Kelsey Polnick and come tell me how wrong my NES opinions are, especially about <laughs> Zelda. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you might That might happen to you. But at any rate, conversation is conversation, and that's all good. So thanks again, and hopefully we'll talk soon. All right. Well, it's just me here to wrap up the show because SNES Drunk's microphone died. That's right. Alex's microphone Freaking died right as we're getting ready to sign off the show. So it's just me here. Will there be another SNES Drunk video? I don't know. It depends on how fast Amazon ships. But to wrap it up here, that's been another Drunk Friend podcast. And hey, guess what? You can reach out to us with questions or comments. Wish us a happy holidays. You never know when we might read it. You can do that at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We'll respond or we'll read it here eventually. Go to polymedianetwork.com if you want to hear more podcasts from us or our crew. We have Tales of the Lesser Medium, P's Power Hour for your beverage-related entertainment, Polykill if you like, well, listening to, to more me, and, of course, if you like video games. And there's also IndieQuest for those under-the-radar titles that you missed. And more to that Tales of the Lesser Medium, we just released our Gears of War series, and it's pretty funny. It's pretty, pretty funny, so check that out. Now, if you're not interested in sending us an email, no big deal. Just give us a rating or review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out 
Big time. And that's where I say big time. You can find us all on social media. On Twitter, I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SNESDrunk. And you can find Kelsey at Kelsey Polnick, K-E-L-S-Y-P-O-L-N-I-K. And as always, the music you heard at the beginning and can hear right now is composed by our pal Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Starbounce. And you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. It's not that hard to say. Shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst-quenching logo. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And Alex would say, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. 